Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. What he specifies 150 proof vodka. What? Like, like agnostics drink the normal 80 proof stuff, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. world ranked atheists, they fucking pour out half the bottle and cut it with pure ethanol. <laughs> what? Do you want some, do you want some antifreeze? I got some antifreeze yeah. here. Actually, I, that wouldn't even do it. I, They'd have to pour out more. I thought <laughs> I would pour this over some checks and then just have a bowl while you talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> God awful movie 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema because we knew eventually we were going to find one like the one we found this week. I'm your host, <laughs> No Illusions, and sitting to my immediate left is my good friend, Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. It's a beautiful day. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Thank you, Noah. Very excited. Uh, you know who doesn't write, direct, and star in enough movies? <laughs> who is that? Christian couples who used to be attractive. There's not enough of that in the world. I could not agree more. Holy shit, is this the reason we started this show? Before I get too far into it, I have to introduce my bad friend sitting 81 miles to my right. Eli Bosnick, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? I'm so happy! <laughs> I'm, I, I'm so... I'm so happy. I'm so... Every second of this movie... Is amazing. Uh, there are a hundred and four, fifteen move more, a hundred more than a hundred and fifteen movies, and this is it makes it all worth it. It oh, makes it. Yeah, I can't. It's so beautiful. If we hadn't enjoyed <laughs> any of them up till now, it would have been worth it, right? Just just to get here. Anyway, so yeah. Without further ado, tell us, Heath, what will we be breaking down today? We watched. <laughs> Let there be light. It's fan-fucking-tastic. It's the story of what happens when a terrible actor, employed entirely for his body, gets old, panics, and is forced to find Christianity in order to continue working. At which point, him and his wife, who had pretty much the exact same personal crisis, decides to uh, write, direct, and star in a movie together. It's beautiful. It's everything I hoped it would be. We should say, we were so excited about this movie that we covered, like, when they first started talking about it, we covered it on The Scathing Atheist. Yeah, right. We, like, as a talked news about story. it on our other show. Yeah, we were excited that it was being made. It being made was worth talking about. Yeah, right, right, exactly. We've been looking forward to this for a while, and it did not disappoint. Eli, how bad was this movie? Oh, God. Well, well, if you love God's Not Dead, but you hated all the excellent writing, <laughs> you will love this movie. It's the it's the best worst movie we've ever seen. Yeah. 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 
No, I was saying that on the way out of the theater. I like my best worst might just end up being movie. It's not, but it could have been. I, you know, I, I got home. I, I told my wife, I was like, the movie, the writing in this movie was indescribably bad. And she said, it can't be indescribably bad. Your job is to describe it. And I'm like, oh, fuck, <laughs> fuck. Um, and I've been thinking about it for the last like two days since we watched it. The best I can come up with is like, this was a movie that was written in pajamas, right? Like somebody was in pajamas <laughs> with their feet in the air and some cocoa next to them and going, and you know what could happen then? That that's that's the best I can do to give you the image of the writer's room for this film. Here's the best <laughs> I can do. I several times through this movie, I turned to Noah and Eth, who I watched this movie with, because I thought I had blacked out from happiness and woken <laughs> up forty minutes later where parts of the plot would have made sense. <laughs> but I was never just waking up. <laughs> well, right, and, and it's worth noting. That okay, this movie was primarily written by Sam Sorbo, Kevin Sorbo's wife. Um, <laughs> but but she actually did have a real writer working with her. Dan Gordon, uh, who co-wrote this script, is a legit screenwriter. He's got shit under his belt, like you know, good movies like Passenger Fifty Seven and Surf Ninjas. But oh, I, I love I, both of those movies, uh, right? Always well, bet on black. Yeah, and as bad as those are, like it, this is a person who at least understands how movies are written. So. Imagine how bad it started, right? Like when they brought it to this guy who'd actually written movies before, this was on napkins. It, it resembles <laughs> a movie. It's definitely, you know, the bad guys from the video game Prey that can imitate a cup or a chair. It's definitely a lot like a movie, but then it turns into <laughs> yeah. a black alien and stabs you in the neck and sucks <laughs> at your life essence is a great description of this movie. You're like, oh, there's a movie. Nope, it's the thing from Scanners. <laughs> <laughs> So now, Eli, you alluded to this. This is episode 115 of the show, but this is the first time that all three of us went to see a movie together. I am so happy it was this movie. It was fate. <laughs> it was fate that we all be there for the best theatrical experience we could possibly have. And we have to point out that, like, we were ready to heckle. Right. We were all set up in our easy chairs, our layback chairs, all ready to heckle this movie. And then this super sweet Christian couple yes. came in and sat in front of us. And we all were like, oh, no, I got it. <laughs> However, we could not resist because we had an accidental laughing contest with these people throughout the film. They laughed at all the jokes the movie wanted us to laugh at, and we laughed at everything the movie didn't want us to laugh at. The rest of the movie. Well, it was it was so funny because, like, there was this... It, we should have had a pool on who was going to break first, right, and how it was going to happen, because we made it, like, two-thirds of the way through this movie with maybe a couple of snorts or snickers that could have been mistaken as a, as a stifled sneeze. But then about two-thirds of the way through it, Heath broke once, and after that, the floodgates just fucking opened. Also, I just want to point out, the couple showed up about 10 seconds after Eli agreed to leave his pants on just in case somebody showed up. And they came in. I thought it'd be funny. He turns to me right before, and he's like, if I take my pants off, well, what do you guys tweet a picture of it? And I'm like, we're like setting up the picture, and then we're like, nothing, not that we weren't. He has his pants on. Hello, is this people. your tripod? Did you guys leave the tripod here? It's crazy. This is just sitting here. So we'll we'll bring it to the desk later. <laughs> now, is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? I would, I would. I'm gonna say best worst. 
understanding how the atheist world rankings work. <laughs> now, obviously, we have those. We have mm-hmm. those, but they seem to have no idea how the point system works. No yeah, idea. Obviously, whatsoever. it's a bracket system. These, I don't know. We, I, we'll get there over and over again in this film. The the main character is referred to as the world's top atheist, right? The world's number one atheist, the world's biggest atheist, and and whatnot. And yeah, I I, I have an an extraordinarily large amount of my notes devoted to trying to figure out what the fuck that means. <laughs> Uh, well, I'll tell you what, kind of uh, glomming onto your theme here, I'm going to go with best, worst understanding of how photons work. <laughs> a, a large, a it's large amazing. portion of this movie <laughs> will rely on the fact that when you turn your flashlight on on your phone, it can be seen from space. It is visible from space. That's not. <laughs> that, is, that is the end of the movie. That the whole movie relies on that fact. Yes, I feel uh-huh. like you could see a Galaxy Seven Note depending <laughs> on what happens from space. Can you? That's not? pretty How? big. That's pretty big. How did no one tell anyone involved in this movie? We're going to get into it. There's so much of that, though, right? There are so many moments in this fucking movie where you're like, "How did no one tell them?" Uh, speaking of which, and we're going to get to this one, understanding how cancer works. <laughs> the doctors a, are the best. The doctor is one thing. The doctor is great, and the doctor broke Heath. The doctor <laughs> broke Heath. But there is a single line in this movie that I will literally never be able to recover from. And we'll get to it when the time comes. But there is a line having to do with cancer in this movie where I, I don't, I'll never think about anything else ever again. I'll be on my deathbed surrounded by my grandchildren. They'll be like, Grandpa, and I'll be like, did I give my son cancer? I can't get it. I can't get into it. Now, I need to uh, talk. I need to review this movie every day for a year. There is so much to break down. There's so much that I want to just jump into right now. It, it feels like my whole life has been building to this moment, and I don't want to delay it much longer. So we're going to keep the break brief, and when we come back, we'll dive into all the Your Neighbor's Kids movie wasn't as bad as you thought it would be action of Let There Be Light. From the makers of God's Not Dead and Let There Be Light. I'm the world's most famous atheist. I'm a super atheist. I atheist all goddamn day and night. Comes the inevitable next step in Christian filmmaking. Well, excuse me, Mr. Famous Atheist, but I have a question for you. Go ahead, shoot, fucker. What if you're wrong? Holy shit. Are you serious? From a man who thought he knew everything. I never thought of that before. Seriously, my mind is just fucking blown right now. Came the knowledge that he might know nothing. Yep, I'm a Christian now. Jesus, take the wheel. I am a Christian. This summer, what if you're wrong? Wow, really? Yep. What what do we do now? Like church, something? Let's go. I'm in. Let's fucking Christian it up. Okay. <laughs> and we're back for the breakdown, and we're going to start this off where all pro-religious movies should start, a religion-inspired terrorism montage. 
I feel like this was added in by a sarcastic editor. Is like, okay, look, at least the movie you're about to see isn't as bad as 9-11, the Boston <laughs> bombing, Charlie Hebdo. Like, just keep it in context. Let's just all keep it in context. What you're about to see is not as bad as ISIS, even though we will compare ourselves to ISIS throughout the movie. <laughs> throughout. That's actually an apologetic they're going to use. Yeah, yeah. I think... Um, and of course, can can we address the music that we get over this montage? Oh, oh, it's fantastic. Are you talking about hip hop that can only be described as written by Kevin Sorbo and Sean Hannity when they <laughs> decided to make a hip hop album? Just super excitingly handing it to their black friend. Like, oh man, these are some sick beats. You guys promise not to say that, right? right. <laughs> we did. Here you go, Marquis Trill. Are. And this will not be the last time that the uh, that the soundtrack makes a really bizarre <laughs> intrusion upon the movie. All right, so now it's time to w- meet the world's top atheist, Saul Harkin. <laughs> now, and Did we may a- know <laughs> <laughs> Jew Hitchens. His name is Jewish. His name is Jew Meanie Hitchens. <laughs> also, Dawkins, Hark, Hitchens, but no, like I, Harris, I, we all yep, together. I guarantee yeah. you that she just cut the the last name Harris and the last name Dawkins in half and came up with Saul Harkins. I guarantee oh, you that's it. One of the most beautiful things about this movie is watching through Christian eyes what happens if you smash all four horsemen and every other atheist they've ever met <laughs> together into a stereotype, right? They're like, uh, yeah. oh, that Hitchens, he was always drinking. So our character will drink straight vodka throughout the film. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, right, right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like listening to a British person do an American accent. It's always fun. So he's debating some Christian schlep. And the very first thing we, we hear this guy do is confuse evolution and abiogenesis. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, atheism versus Christianity debate. It's a matter of Darwin versus Genesis, which is right. Which <laughs> uh, if I take these goalposts and I put them around Darwin's <laughs> book in the Bible. <laughs> Who wins? But of course, Sorbo interrupts him because he's a fucking atheist. Right. But not with atheism, with like a magic trick. Like if he just appeared a bird and was like, <laughs> and the crowd cheers, that's what the Christians think Christians losing a debate to an atheist is like. He, like, he cuts their nipples out of his shirt, just rips it open, and he's just like, ooh, mommy likes milk. <laughs> None of it's anywhere close. Or if it is an atheist-sounding argument, it's like the weirdest, meanest, most perverse side of things. It's like, your God would allow people to die, and my God wants milk from mama's baby. And you're like, wow. Exactly. He's like, it's like a middle school kid winning the big fight in the cafeteria, the verbal fight, which yes. is like charisma and nonsense talk. Crowds of people fervently agreeing with it. Who does that sound like to you? Is that yeah. atheism? Is that what atheists... <laughs> this is another example of you are the movie. Yeah, no shit. Um, also, <laughs> we have to... I have to point this out because he's about to like launch his new big atheism book. The title of his book... Is a boarding god. Oh, <laughs> I would so buy that book. I'm actually jealous that they came up with that title. Yeah, I would. That's that's pretty solid. Saying, can't copyright a title. 
Diatribes <laughs> Volume 3. Just <laughs> saying. Volume 3, Aborting God. Or yeah. we could do a little little video, something. It's like a doctor doing stem cell research. Fuck, was that a lightning bolt? <laughs> What's happening? Ow. Ow. So, okay. And also, by the way, this is, and the movie will come back to this a number of times. As Saul Harkins makes clear in his rebuttal to this uh, argument from the Bible being better at explaining how <laughs> DNA formed, um, he explains that atheism is about three things, really. Uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> and And let me just say, he is... Right. All I do is I fuck, I rock, and I do narcotics. I mean, look, we're going to talk about how realistic this movie is. Because trust me, as someone who's done the atheist convention scene, I have done a line or two off the naked butthole of my fellow man. I mean, it is not boring talks for middle-aged people shitting on homeopathy. No, no, no. It is stripper poles and... Tom throwing lesbians at Heath. It's a whole yeah, it world is. out there. <laughs> and okay, so for the first time in this movie, this will not be the last. Um, and, and this actually becomes an important plot point later. Saul Harkins points out, because the Christian guy's like, well, I believe in God and God wants me to be good and blah, 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 and change the minds of people. And, and Saul Harkins points out, he's like, well, hey, those people chopping off heads in Syria are just as convinced as you are, if not more so. That's, and I'm like, yeah, that's a great, that's a great, that's pretty strong point there. Strong. And his his counter to that is Christianity offers forgiveness, not damnation. And I'm sure they cut a line where Kevin Sorbo was like, "What if you don't accept the forgiveness? Right, then it offers damnation." Then it's, it's the other one. It's, it's, but, it's both. but they would give you a shot. Don't be a dick. If you say sorry before you hit the ground as they're throwing, read the Quran, man. I, wait, which one am I? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> But this is where K. Sorbs has to pull out the big guns in the debate. He has to get super emotional, right? The the Christian tries to hit him with forgiveness and all this crap. And then he has to go like down on one knee and shit. And he's like, if there's a God, why did he murder my son with cancer? <laughs> and God's just standing <laughs> at the back of the auditorium with blood on his hands, trying to sneak out through a <laughs> super squeaky door. Just <laughs> Oh, the music God, is, is playing awful. that like Beatrix kiddo gets when she sees one of the people on her <laughs> list or something. Yeah. And that's also when he uh, does the Wayne's World illusion. Yes. The literary illusion to Wayne's World. <laughs> yep. And, and he does the, the party. on. He gets the, the whole crowd chanting party on because he's like, well, you know, kid got killed by God. When he was nine, so I just, you know, deal with it with drugs. Party on, drugs, let's do it. And everybody starts chanting, party on, party on. I thought they were going to descend on the Christian and eat him like the Bacchae. <laughs> like, this whole auditorium, party on, party on, party on. And they just start peeling his arms from his body. No, I forgive you. Party on, party on. Reason con, party on. Lock her up. Wait, well, so, we do? I, got, I, I got caught up. I got caught up in it. That was my last week thing. Instinct. Um, yeah. So, but we but we established very clearly that atheism equals consuming enough drugs to stave off the suicide. The crowd goes wild, chanting nihilistic inebriation, nihilistic inebriation, and then just to finish it off right, Sorbs gets a little serious, turns his chair around the other way, you know, um, and he says, 
All you need is your humanity. And everybody goes crazy. He stands there in Jesus Christ pose. (laughs) And you're thinking, this is the guy who is going to be wrong in the movie, that humanity is not a good thing. Uh, Which is the first time the couple in front of us went like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then, okay, so the debate's over. He's cleaned the Christian's clock. And now we have to check in with K Sorb's sad, sad home life. Okay. Is it sad though? I don't. What the fuck? They, they, they're trying to play it up as sad, but he's like, he's drinking scotch in this impossibly nice Manhattan apartment. Nobody's bothering him. Like he, and he's like, <laughs> he's like living the dream. And it's like all sad. He is living the dream. Yeah, That's right. the dream. Yeah. What are you talking well, about? You know, being rich and single in Manhattan sure sucks. There's never anything to do, you know? <laughs> Rich and single and famous in Manhattan. Yeah. This movie, honestly, one of my best worst could be best worst. I don't think that's bad the way you think that's bad. <laughs> this movie makes having sex with, having enthusiastic consensual sex with swimsuit models be a sad thing. Yes. A sad thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because you could be fucking Sam Sorbo. Speaking of which. Now we've <laughs> Kevin. Kevin, let, let me just give you some advice, man. Right, next time you make you build an atheist straw man, come over to my apartment and watch me eat Chinese food on my stomach at two in the morning while I watch one of your movies. There's there are bad atheists out there who are having a bad time. You don't need to make them millionaires. You can watch me do aerobics in the corner of the gym while pretending I don't see those women pointing and laughing at me. You've got a whole lot of source material. Kevin, baby, like don't saying I can help. So, So, all right. So now we have to meet Kevin Sorbo's real life family. All right. His wife is plays the ex-wife in this movie. His children play the children in this movie. So he's showing up in suburbia to to like pick up the kids for his weekend with him or whatever. And and basically she opens the door and says, oh, hello, ex-husband who has lost his faith when our son died. Yeah, <laughs> they, they speak entirely in exposition here. She literally calls his book release party a God bashing party. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we literally performed a roast of God. At like a big <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but they did. didn't do it in the movie. <laughs> but we weren't just like railing Jesus fuck dolls and like shooting Christians at a Velcro wall with a slingshot. Like, yeah. 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 No, we weren't just doing. No, that. we did they, a lot of stuff. They said yeah. no to those suggestions for skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> so. Iran says I can't email him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, but she wants to have a talk with him before she entrusts the kids with him to take him to the amusement park. He, she wants to talk to him about how damaging his atheism is for their kids. This is this was bizarre. Oh, tell me if I have this wrong. Her argument is when you tell your sons that their brother isn't in heaven, that he's just dead, it makes them sad. And it's really disgusting the way you would take advantage of the death of a child to promote your agenda. Yep. That's it. You wouldn't. You, <laughs> you. wouldn't want. Yeah. Right. Right. Because it's that's one of the big selling points of atheism is you don't have to worry about seeing your loved ones when you die. <laughs> it's just I, like, hey, hey, did you like your grandma? Yeah, me neither. Come on over to atheism. <laughs> <laughs> <fucking dead. laughs> so, 
So, and, and of course, Kevin Sorbo, because they don't know how atheists would react to anything, Kevin Sorbo is basically like, how dare you pray to the man that murdered my son? <laughs> Just God comes out to get his paper. Oop. Back slowly back into a creaky door. God, this is not a good couple of days for me. <laughs> so, yeah, so they have this conversation. The kid, uh, the kids come out. Well, they don't want to hang out with dad because he's just too atheist. Mm-hmm. They don't want to go ride roller coasters with him. <laughs> so the wife leaves with one of the kids. The other kid wants to just hang out and play basketball with dad. Uh, but apparently that's only so he can get him to sign his permission slip to go to Haiti to do charitable work, which, <laughs> well, <laughs> well we're atheists. We know. Yeah. Well, we know how pissed off <laughs> atheists get at the idea of going to dig wells in Haiti. Oh yeah. He's like, we do not help Haitians. We are atheists. Son. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not signing that permission slip because they can't do the real problem, which is, Hey, how about you go down there and do some good work without shoving a Bible in a kid's hand in exchange for food? He has to go like, I don't know. Do you really need to be the one digging a hole? I hate it when people have clean water and food. <laughs> <laughs> That's why us atheists hate those mission trips so much. Yeah, right, because of all the clean water. Yeah, no, I believe his actual objection is, I feel like they've been digging holes there for a long time. I don't think they need your help. Yeah. And then we head over to the big bug launch where we get to learn what Sam Sorbo thinks an atheist party looks like. It's insane. It's a book release party for an atheist at like Studio 54 at the height of its promise. Everything's made of gold and cocaine and fucking diamonds. It's insane. Everyone's a human sushi statue. Everyone is just... The fucking fall over six minutes before the fall of Rome, people. <laughs> and honestly, you know, the greatest, the greatest punishment. I love atheist conventions. I've been to a bunch, but the greatest punishment we could bestow on Kevin Sorbo is to bring him to an atheist convention, <laughs> sitting around drinking a watered down cranberry juice. Just yeah, Kevin. So this is what it's like. <laughs> I thought there'd be fucking. Well, there is. There is fucking. It's there weird is, fucking mostly. But is, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it is. It's, it's real it awkward. Is. It's <laughs> real awkward. We fuck sometimes, though. So, <laughs> so this is also where we learn, of course, that this asshole's dating some kind of Russian bikini model. Miserable. Well, he's he's so unhappy to date this beautiful Russian model. Well, he's dating an American lady who's pretending to well, be a yeah, Russian right, model. Right, apparently, yeah. her accent is amazing. It just keep it keeps fading throughout each <laughs> yes, sentence, each yes. line. She like it travels through Europe. Like it starts out <laughs> Russian at the beginning of a sentence, and then it's like Borat, Kazakhstan, and then it ends up like Scottish by the end of it. Yeah. By the end of this scene, she's like, must go find moose and squirrel. <laughs> oh, all right, you're done. Your lines are done. It's Borat and Natasha. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> also, we should point out at this point that uh, Kevin Sorbo's character is an alcoholic. And we learn that by the fact that in every scene, he's drinking alcohol and saying, I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> he's drinking like ridiculous, like purple cocktails with yeah. a giant like a bouquet of flowers like an edible <laughs> arrangement coming out the top of the drink you know what alcoholics don't drink that thing yeah <laughs> Like, yeah. they, like they were, they were like, what do alcoholics drink? They, oh, they go crazy on garnishes. It's the, <laughs> that's that's what they're folks about. 
how many apple teenies have you had? 75, man. I know who I am. <laughs> a cherry. This is crazy. <laughs> Give me another three hours in the candy store, motherfucker. Set. <laughs> That's almost a really obscure Friday street name. Muddle One, those so- cherries, motherfucker. <laughs> Muddle. One free hour in a candy store. You did. One there free are, hour in a candy store. And there, want, are, there are stem maraschino cherries in that. Three hours in a candy store. That's a triple. That's like a triple. And a rocky road mudslide to go. Extra creme de cacao. Extra creme de cacao. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, yeah. So, we established that he's an alcoholic. We'll do that a couple more times just in case you missed it. This is also where we meet his agent. Now, we also meet his publicist. We'll get to her, but we need a minute with the agent. The agent is just, it is somehow, they don't make him gay, but they're trying their best to be like snooty British and New York gay combined. And the only thing that anyone in this movie knows is that gay people say darling and, and British people have British accents. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, every single sentence this character uh, says in the movie will, will open with darling. Yeah. Um, so they're very excited. The book launch is huge. The They're really excited about the big debate. This is an actual line from the film. The fucking, the, the darling guy, the, the, the agent, he says, that whole ISIS is the same as the church thing has gone viral. <laughs> we could make a t-shirt that says ISIS equals the church. We'd sell millions. <laughs> That's how um, easy we've got it, guys. I don't know if you realize how easy it's been for us this whole time. I mean, I'm not saying that I haven't made several hundred ISIS equals the church t-shirts and was planning to surprise you guys with them at our next live. <laughs> I feel stupid, but I hope Australians like ISIS equals the church t-shirts. Those are expensive to ship. That's all I'm saying. So, yeah, so... Kaysorb puts some more drinks in his drinks and has some more alcohol. And and then he goes to leave. And you know how it is when you're an atheist. There's paparazzi everywhere. Oh, right. Everywhere. Can't make it from your fancy million dollar netting book release party. To your sleek sports car without the paparazzi asking you about the model you're dating. Am I right? Yeah, this is what they think Richard Dawkins yes! is doing. Yes! Like they really think that's his life. I wanted so bad to just like be able to splice in some shots so they'd keep cutting over to Dawkins in real life during this movie. And he's just like reading every time. It's just him reading. Like one time he's kicking Ben Stein out of his house, but the most of the time he's just reading. Just Inserting reading a catheter. Book. Yeah. Um, also, the, the we, this is where we have to learn that the Russian bikini model doesn't really like him that much. She won't even kiss him because she's afraid to mess up her uh, makeup in front of the paparazzi. Okay. Okay, Christians. You want to have a who has weirder sex and kisses more contest, Kevin yeah, Sorbo? Exactly. Really? Right. How much cum do you spit into each other's mouth? I'm just saying, you should, if you want to start it, we can go, Kevin Sorbo. I'll do a never have I ever contest with you live on the air. All right. Patreon goal. <laughs> 
I have. I think the actress had right this here. as a stipulation in her contract. She was like, "I'm not kissing that fuck." <laughs> <laughs> and also, Sam Sorbo clearly wrote this elaborate explanation of why they're not going to kiss. Uh, yes. Oh. Yes. She's like, <laughs> She's "Oh, like- that's a pretty hot actress." <laughs> All right, well, yeah, I had, man, I don't, if we spit cum, my makeup will run, and then it is a whole thing. Yeah, no, I didn't even think about that one, but yeah, she didn't want that hottie kissing her husband. That's amazing. All right, so he drives away drunkenly. The, the, the model doesn't go with him. She's got important shit to do, important bikinis to model. Uh, so he drives away. He's weaving along when his agent calls him. And his agent says, we couldn't think of anything uh, for our characters to be talking about at this moment. So how about that atheism, huh? (laughs) It's literally like, I say, darling, please don't crash your car and create the plot of the movie. Don't you worry, man. I never crash my car. If I crash my car... You should just fucking convert me to Christianity right now. Oopsie daisy, here comes a cliff. <laughs> there is no God. Whatever. I steal where I want. Crash. That's pretty much what happens. And it is that the which least... cannot withstand the Buick deserves to be <laughs> And by the way, this fucking crash is every bit as surprising and realistic as like... The end of Toonce's The Driving Cat, I guess. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I'm just separating the age. I'm separating the audience by age right there. Um, and I'm now, of course, all right. One guy at home right now, Toonce's! Yeah, he's just got a poster on his wall. These motherfuckers get it. The cat that could drive a car. He drives around all over the town. Yeah, of course. All right, so. The car. And he Mexican people. That was That's, the second verse. Not a lot of people know. Yeah, that. no, no, they never really went. It's like it's like Cheers. They never go into the second verse. It's kind of weird. This vicious um, racist. <laughs> <Dude>, now, <laughs> this is twenty seventeen. It's like Will and Grace. <laughs> Just a bitter Uber driver. <laughs> got, a, got a bunch of one star reviews for when he was obviously drinking out of a flask and talking on the phone. <laughs> All right, so then Kevin Sorbo, of course, dies. Goes to heaven. I'm sorry. Goes to the fluctuating video tube of purgatory. (laughs) It's a wobbly tunnel filled with pictures of his kid or pictures of his childhood. I don't. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the. Yeah. Right. So he's in a wobbly tunnel of heaven and along comes a sparkle face. (laughs) (sighs) It's his dead son. It's his dead son. It's his dead son. So just to be clear. God is giving him back his dead son to taunt him right now. Yes. <laughs> There's no other way to describe that. That's what's <laughs> happening. So I'm confused about how heaven works. So people in heaven get like called down to the bullshit temp heaven tube thing for meetings. <laughs> like, hey, sorry, I hate to do it, but we got to cut off your infinite blowjobs. You got to come down to the NDE <laughs> bullshit tube. Really? Your dad I, was, is- I was just having the best time ever. I feel like going down to sit in a tube full of pictures would not be fun for Heaven, me. Also, heavenly. why am I still a child? There's obvious things that are pleasurable that I as a child <laughs> is someone fucking a child I mean yeah, let's be real right? <laughs> yeah, if it's right, a kid right. right you're not like oh fucking's not good right and <laughs> if it's still a child okay thank you exactly yeah. so if you're at home and you're mad right now it's because your god 
fucks a child or at least arranges <laughs> for a child to be fucked, which in many ways is worse. I've learned from. Okay. But this kid's know. nine when he died. So I feel like it's semi-appropriate. He's getting infinite blowjobs at nine. Wow. In heaven. Um, this, I didn't think there was a down, but there is, there's always a down. I'd like, that's, that's another thing I've learned. Uh, doing if this a show. child has been in heaven for a certain amount of years, can he consent? That's all we're asking. We're asking the real questions. <laughs> so we'll have to get Andrew on for that one. Anyways, um, back to the episode. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and we're back from the edit. Um, so, and, and of course, the kid's message here is, hey, dad, it's not your time. Uh, you have to go back. Also, the title of this movie. Right, the kid just like mysteriously says, "Let there be light, Dad." Like nine times in this exchange. <laughs> uh, also, Kevin Sorbo's like, "I don't want to go back, go back, go back," but not like there's an echo. Kevin no. Sorbo says, "Go back, go back, yes, go back. yes, <laughs> actor, yes." They don't even, yeah, they don't. I don't think they recognize that's supposed to usually be an echo. The rest of this movie would be like. Rest of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now he's undead. We, we go back to the hospital. Uh, the media, of course, is just crowding in there again. He's an atheist. It's a big deal. Um, and they want to know if he's dead. He's not. But the doctors tell him that he does have a blood clot that could kill him at any second. This will never come back. <laughs> nope. There will never. It will not matter in any way. Nope. This doctor is the greatest, though. Although... Not going to hold that title by the end of this no, movie. No, yeah, for, for the moment, doctor. he's the greatest. But the bedside manner of, like, redneck Rain Man. He's just like, <laughs> blood cuts going to fucking kill you. I don't know. Just You're going to have to deal with it. That's happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, you were dead for four minutes. It's a miracle that you're alive. Also, he was dead for four minutes, but he does not have a scratch on him. I don't know how he met. Did he drive into a man that smothered him until he was dead and then <laughs> released him scratch free? He looks better in this hospital bed than I do right now. I mean, he, I have more scratches and burns on me just because walking through my apartment is scary. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, right, right, yeah. He's otherwise unscathed other than the blood clot in his brain and the four minutes of death. Um, but his but his agent is like, uh, you know, he's like, oh, guys, I saw my son while I was dead. And the agent's like, don't go all Christian on me, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, the agent's like, all right, man, just relax, though. All the money is in almost dying and staying atheist. That's <laughs> yes. You know how Ryan Bell's a millionaire? You got to pull an atheist <laughs> Ryan Bell. Trust me, they kind of, love it. Kind of different. And that will be a theme for this movie, by the way, is trust yeah. me, you can't sell any books with a conversion story. <laughs> it's just an atheist who stayed atheist. That's where the money lies. <laughs> Which is why we made this movie and asked people to buy tickets to it. Right. Also, and this is going to be a running theme in the movie as well. Apparently, no one in this cinematic universe or in this filmmaking production uh, is familiar with the concept of dreams, right? Yeah. Because like, because he he's, he's just like, he comes to it, he's like, I met my son and nobody's just like, you dreamt that you met your son and then he doesn't go like, well, yeah, yeah, I dreamt that I met my son. It was really creepy and, and then everybody wouldn't like, yeah, you were on a lot of drugs because they were bringing you back from death and then he wasn't like, yeah, no, that makes sense. It was just, it was really creepy and, and, and then he wasn't like, you know, anyway, moving on, let me sell more books. 
How amazing would it have been if he was like, I saw my son and they were like, you dreamed about your son? And he was like, dream. Right. That's that word. Right. <laughs> Never mind. Should Anyways, we... I was thinking party on. And credits. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's why atheist movies don't make any money, yo. Uh, that, or God has sent me some very, very inappropriate messages about Miss Asa Akira. And for that, I want to apologize. I didn't know she had passed on. Um, and the, I feel like I wasted a lot of her time uh, and a lot of Nutella in heaven, to be honest. So, it's going to make that fleshlight collection more valuable. Well, just saying. <laughs> so, all right. So then now the ex-wife barges in, right? Sam Sorbo barges in and just starts, you know, just starts yelling, God, God, Jesus, God at him. <laughs> that is all this character's got. Yeah, uh, that is it. That is all she has to say. She's like, so are you a Christian now? And he's like, why would I be a Christian? I mean, I am, but why would I be a Christian? <laughs> why is that the first, am I okay? And she's like, Christian. And he's like, all right, well, I am, which makes this weird, but <laughs> Bill Maher is short. Bill yeah. Maher is short. <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, yeah, his agent turns to him and he's like, you're going to be the next Bill Maher. This will be huge. Um, also, I love he's the agent's like, and think about it. Now you can finally prove atheism because you died and you didn't go to heaven. Because <laughs> that's what it that's what the atheists have been waiting. <laughs> We've been waiting for someone to die and not have an NDE. Guys, we have been working way too hard. I have. Hundreds of thousands of examples. It's going to be a great year. What are you guys going to do with all your free time? See, we've been doing all this stuff and reviewing all these movies. All we needed was three people we fucking know. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, all right. So they start wheeling him out of the hospital um, because, you know, four minutes dead. It's, it's been hours after that. So he's fine now. Um, but of course, again, the paparazzi are everywhere between him and the elevator, right? They don't even get outside because apparently they couldn't afford exterior shots very often. Um, but uh, but the paparazzi's crowd around the elevator start yelling questions at him, right? <laughs> now, the questions they're asking are like, did you see a tunnel of light? Did your kid come back and give you a message? Are you still an atheist? And my first thought is, could you imagine that going the other way? Right, like even even in a movie, right? Like the prominent Christian goes to the hospital and he comes out, and all the paparazzi are going, "Do you still worship a god, even though he smited your heart? Did you fail to see heaven? Are you still a Christian? Did you see Muhammad? Did the dark enter you? <laughs> How does this hospital visit affect your number one ranking on the atheism tour? Are you still <laughs> just cut over to Dawkins leaving the hospital after a stroke, trying to answer questions? Come on, man." Don't. <laughs> He didn't say he was still, I asked him if he was still atheist and he didn't say yes. He said, yeah. Nye. so yeah, but he can't answer, right? He just doesn't know anymore whether he's an atheist or not. And then he goes home so he can be depressed and godless some more. Now this is again, where we reinforce the whole boy, it must really suck to live in a $9,000 a month apartment in Manhattan and be famous. That's great. This movie is way better than uh, Bogosian's manual at creating atheists. Like, this is <laughs> this is strong. This is a good argument. So, yes. And then, of course, he starts doing drugs, right? Because the doctor tells him no more drugs and no more drinking. So he goes home and immediately starts drinking and doing drugs. And he might as well have pill bottles with the words drugs on them. <laughs> <laughs> we get Bad like drugs. 
We get like a little montage of drunk atheist writer stuff. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this is what they think atheists do. <laughs> this is like, he's like just drinking upsized, kicking around on the couch. He's sliding across the floor like risky business, dancing to nothing with his bottle. He's got a tennis ball machine shooting bundles of drugs in his face. It's so stupid. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy, but that is pretty much your life, Heath. <laughs> <laughs> Chinese food, drinking, <laughs> crumpled up paper. I got to get a tennis ball business. machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I love at the very end of this scene, he turns on the TV and on the news, they're like, oh, this just in. Kevin Sorbo's girlfriend is fucking some photographer, dude. So she won't be fucking him anymore. That Russian supermodel. Poor guy. You know, because because when you're an atheist, they tend to like put that kind of stuff on like, you know. When Dan Finca was off the market, they basically, they talked about that on CNN all goddamn day. Couldn't keep um, it off it. I wonder who has higher divorce rates, Christians or atheists? <laughs> I wonder if that's I don't know if you can count that. Is that. It's not even countable. You're just the stats. Like, you're just going <laughs> to... Yeah, like, God could be tested by your silly numbers. Nerd, fuck you. So, okay. So, he wakes up the next day. He's all hungover. Um, he talks to himself for an inordinate amount of time on his way to the door. This will happen a number of times. Like, and I, I know what happened here is just like his idiot wife wrote too goddamn much monologue here. So they had to like have him walk in a circle through the kitchen so he could get it all out. <laughs> he does his sork uh, and walk and talk by himself. Yeah, exactly. throughout his apartment. Yeah, right, right. Why is this happening? <laughs> But it's his publicist. Now, his his agent is the gay stereotype. His publicist is the black stereotype. Uh, oh, and she brought Yeah, she brought coffee and danishes. Which is a bad thing? Like, they make it seem like this is also part of his sad, pathetic life, is having a friend who would check on you and bring you coffee and danishes. Really? The, the movie plays it like, so sad, can't buy its own danishes. <laughs> <laughs> and bring fucking bagels. This is New York City. Don't be an asshole. Yeah, right? Danishes? Bring donuts. Of all the fucking things you bring can bring. Bring bagels. Don't right? Danish. Um, so, but of course, instead of coffee, he wants to recklessly consume more alcohol. So he starts at 9 a.m. <laughs> drinking straight vodka out of a bottle. What He specifies 150 proof vodka. What? Like like agnostics drink the normal eighty proof stuff, yeah, but yeah. world ranked atheists they fucking pour out half the bottle and cut it with pure ethanol. Did. What? Do you want some? Do you want some antifreeze? I got some antifreeze yeah. here. Actually, I that wouldn't even do it. They'd have to pour out more. I thought I would pour this over some checks and then just have a bowl while you talk to me. <laughs> So no, but she's worried about him because he's got his big comeback speech tonight. Come back from what? I don't know. Apparently time has passed or something. But this is basically an audition for his big cable TV show, damn it. Um, if he wants to be the next Bill Maher, he can't fuck this one up. He can't go in drunk. Right. And she explains that they booked a, like a giant hall again. And I wanted her to be like, I don't know. Maybe you could like tie a Christian to a chair and punch him for us to watch. <laughs> we love that. We love it. Right, so we go to the big TV show audition slash comeback speech thing, and instead of the big hall we were promised, it's, I, it's the, it's the pit, it's the theater of my old high school is what I have, yeah. which is great because they show the external shot is Broadway, right? It's yes. all the theaters on Broadway, and then it's my high school drama club. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
And of course, he's reading from a teleprompter full of lies. <laughs> <laughs> it shows the teleprompter as he's reading along. He's like, I died. I didn't see a light or a tunnel. And then the words, or my dead kids show up. And he's like, oh, can I say the atheist words? I don't know. <laughs> You know, because you know how atheists very often don't believe what they're saying, but just say it for the money. It's a big problem in atheism that we have. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. But but he just can't bring himself to say that he didn't see his dead kid because he knows good and damn well that dreams aren't a thing that happens to humans. So he loses <laughs> his fucking mind. Yep. He has like, we're supposed we learn later that this is a panic attack, but the only medical condition we've been told he has is a blood clot. So I was like, oh, he's about to be dead. This is a short movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, but no, he's like, Katie, I saw our son. Arrgh! And then the, the whole room gasps and he just loses his mind and has a Jesus attack. <laughs> it's an amazing convulsion stroke too he like it goes all the way down and then he falls and then he's like kicking around in circles like he's doing a guitar solo like it's a little over the top so, he does a kip up on his way out wow <laughs> and i'm back down so now we're back at the hospital again to meet an even sillier doctor this movie is just each doctor had to be sillier than the last and believe me, they pull out the big guns by the end of it. But before we get there, we have to meet Dr. Patel. She's a neurologist and she's a big fan of his. <laughs> she's she's yeah. like fangirling while she gives him diagnosis. She's like, first of all, I just want you to know I'm a huge fan of your work. The blood clot hasn't moved, so we should be able to manage it. and You should be relatively safe. But like when you wrote Aborting God, I read every page. I was just <laughs> such a huge fan. I feel pretty starstruck. Also, you need to start drinking less because you are going to die my friend <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and I, I love to his like his reaction is like huh that's so weird i can't think of any stress disorders that happen post-traumatically like that what could it be <laughs> must be my dead son and the doctor goes well no, no do you have any questions for me and the wife is like go on ask you know you want to ask and He's like, yeah, did I see my dead son? Is there a heaven? <laughs> I just wanted Marsh to pop out from the cushions behind him. <laughs> if I might, if I might. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Mercy side skeptics. Hi, Michael Marshall here. Uh, really extensive explanation for you, but uh, my wish comes true because the doctor explains exactly what happens Nicely and enthusiastically. She's excited by science. Yeah. yeah. Like when you almost die and your brain gets no oxygen, that's not time for real stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever you, you think know how you saw. When you fall asleep at night, you're not really naked in school. It's kind of like that. It's kind of <laughs> like that. Well, speak for yourself. Um <laughs> <laughs> But as he's listening to her perfectly reasonable, enthusiastic description of what he went through, it's like, it's supposed to be sad. But this is like a character being sad in a scene in a movie where they find out that an LSD trip isn't magic. Yes. What do you mean it's not turtles all the way down? You know how you can take LSD and everyone's not actually a dragon? It's like that. It's like that. No, I don't know this. <laughs> Can you provide evidence? I don't feel like you've proved your point. Show me five not dragons. <laughs> okay, but it, uh, this is weird. So, okay, so his ex-wife drives him home. 
Um, and he really wants to believe it was a hallucination, but this utter lack of disconfirming evidence is still bothering him. So he's still puzzling on it. He's still chewing on it. And his wife, of course, she's not buying this, you know, humans have dreams bullshit either. Right. And they, they try to debunk the whole hallucination thing. He's like, oh, trust me, I have done the acid. I injected it into my butt a <laughs> uh, hundred times a day. And I, I know an acid trip because I didn't experience hallucinations. Hallucinations. Hallu- Hallucinations. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> wasn't acid, says the movie. Get the liquid with the dropper, putting it in your asshole instead of your eye. I had some ass tripping. That was fun. That would probably work, right? It's, it's just, it's absorbs. It's yeah, yeah. Just, only yeah, one way to find yeah, out. Yeah, right. Patreon. Goal.com. Put acid up Eli's ass. All right. So, yeah. So, oh, I also love this line, too, where um, the wife turns to him and says, get some rest, honey. You look like heck. Really? Sam Sorbo? He looks bad? (laughs) Really? (laughs) Really? (laughs) She looks like Hillary Swank got mutated into some kind of accident. Like, like, like Hillary Swank got all her dominant genes taken away by a laser or something. (laughs) All right, now it's okay. So then we've got to very quickly go check in on the fam here so we can learn that Sorbo's kids can't act. And so that we can introduce the craziest subplot of this movie, which is the fact that this kid wants to fuck his mom. Yes, that he <laughs> desperately wants to fuck his mom and that his mission in life is for his mom not to fuck his dad. Now, let me be clear I know that people who listen to this show a lot are going to be like, oh, Eli, you're so wacky. No, 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 my friends. Watch this movie. Every single scene with this kid in it for the rest of the film will be this kid's soul-minded mission for his parents not to fuck. (laughs) Yes! He's trying to keep mom pure. Um, so yeah, so he warns him. He's like, he he warns mom, he's like, don't hang out with dad so much. He's a user. He's gonna dump you again. It's like he dumped God. (laughs) Right. Typical. So just God atheist. listening to sometimes when we touch crying in his room. Flipping <laughs> <laughs> through thing. Facebook pictures. I'm gonna delete. No, he doesn't quite delete them. <laughs> so but she assures the kid that they're not dating. That won't happen until late in act three. Um so she goes back to his place for another scene, but now he's drunk again because of all the atheism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's He's tearing open boxes of sham wows. Yes. He's all excited about it. This is what the movie thinks drunk means. Just like some guy running around his house, spilling stuff and immediately wiping it up. <laughs> this is so absorbent. I'm wasted. Alcohol's the greatest. Well, but no, but I thought at this point, because you know how they used Harris and Dawkins to put together the name Harkins. I thought they used alcoholic and buying dumb shit from late night TV to put you and Eli together and create an amalgamation. <laughs> that is exactly what I was just about to say. I was about to be like, yeah, who buys stuff from late night TV? No, no atheists I know. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to go make some spaghetti with a zucchini. Zucchini. And do a choreographed routine to Barbara Ann with Heath while we slide around in our socks. 
Also, did anyone else notice the ridiculous Andy Warhol Campbell suit painting of himself <laughs> on the wall? Amazing. It's like he's Chairman Mao. He's got his own <laughs> giant face behind him over the top. Which means that come hell or high water, one way or the other, Sorbo commissioned that to be made. <laughs> right? He, like, it was His excuse was it was for this movie at best. Anyway. But the, the last day of shooting, they're just gone. Kevin's walking out all square looking. All right, everybody. Good shoot. <laughs> that must have been a thief of some sort. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, the, and of course, Kevin Sorbo can't stop thinking about heaven. His wife's disappointed him for being drunk, but he can't stop thinking about heaven. The wife's like, well, what did our son say during your NDE? And Sorbo's like, oh, right. The title of this movie. Uh, he said snakes on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's had it with these motherfucking snakes in this motherfucking wobbly picture tunnel. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is the part where the like the, the wife is like, hey, look, you know, I know the doctor thinks that unconscious people on massive amount of drugs can't be trusted to perfectly record their memories. But fuck her. Maybe you should talk to a priest. They're crazy objective <laughs> about this kind of thing. Right. Her honest her honest advice is, look, science isn't comforting. I mean, it's true, but it isn't comforting. Hey, yes. Would you like to talk to someone who's comforting but a liar? <laughs> <laughs> Would it help if I told you he's the craziest stereotype you'll ever see? <laughs> <laughs> well, then follow me to the next scene. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, not yet. Sorry. Not yet. No, but we're getting there. We're, we're so fucking close. Yeah. But first, she has to hold him until he sleeps. Right. He can't sleep because he's thinking about death. And she's like, all right, put your head on my lap. And he's like, no, if we're going back to fucking, I'm not starting out on you. And my dick's out. Wait, are we not? Okay. Thought we were doing with my dick. Yeah. So he drunkenly falls asleep on her lap. Um, and then he wakes up all hungover again to the doorbell again. It's his agent. Uh, she's left, obviously. But the agent's there. He has an interview set up for Kevin Sorbo in one hour, in Kevin Sorbo's home. What kind of asshole fucking agent, knowing that you're an alcoholic, would do that? <laughs> anyway, this, by the way, was the first time I realized, because they'd been calling him Saul up to this point. This was the first time I realized the character's name was Solomon. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. Also, in this conversation, this is where the character says, a stroke is a bad way to sell books. And I just wrote in my notes, Richard. Richard. <laughs> okay. For the team. <laughs> you're supporting so, the whole industry, Richie, baby. <laughs> you gotta convulse a little cooler if you're going to do it on stage. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I'm going to check my Patreon from when you had your little incident. And if it dropped, get a strongly worded email. So, all right. So now we, we get to, to the interview. And this interviewer shows up and she's like, all right, so let's talk NDEs. Are you still an atheist? And Kevin hey. Sorbo... Yeah, um, uh, 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 and the agent's like, oh, fuck, he's blowing it. He's not atheizing very well at all anymore. And it's amazing because he has lost his ability to speak, apparently. Yeah. It's like liar, liar. He's like, I, <laughs> which son did I see? I've seen my sons many times. I'm a Christian, am I? Maybe this interview is over. <laughs> And I love this bit, right? Because because he like she she asks him like, "Have your beliefs changed at all?" Again, just imagine asking a Christian that after they almost die. Oh, you know, you lost your family in a fire. I guess you've given up on that whole God crap, huh? 
Um, but the but he tries to cut it short. He says, "Hey, look, I'm real sorry, but my doctor told me that stress could kill me because of this blood clot, and I don't think I'm quite ready for this interview. I'm really sorry about that." And she's like, "Oh, you motherfucker! I will destroy you! <laughs> yes, <laughs> I will be your Rita Skeeter, motherfucker!" <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so she storms off all bitchily, like, screaming about how she could have been interviewing Keith Richards, damn it. And the agent turns to him and he's like, Kevin, darling, get your head out of the afterlife. Mm, My new catchphrase. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And again, yeah, there's the the message here. It's there's no money in content for Christians, said the character in the Kevin Sorbo movie. <laughs> yes. I feel like this is the actor who played the agent just fucking with them. <laughs> because he like he just looks right at the camera and winks. Yeah. Sorbo had no idea why. He, she's like, all right, well, that's he, he keeps doing that. We'll keep it, though. I don't know why he keeps doing that. It, all of a sudden, it's uh, the, the scene is on a television screen that a Christian family is paying $9.99 to download. <laughs> <laughs> And then he, then Kevin Sorbo has to go to the battery to mope. You know, he's got to get a cool, like, uh, exterior New York shot there. Ah, moping in my fucking city. The city that killed God. Get back to your roots. I get it. <laughs> Damn straight. Do you ever doubt your atheism? It's like, you know how they say, there's that old saying that, like, if you ever doubt God, walk around Notre Dame. And I feel like if you ever doubt atheism, you can walk around Battery Park. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, or Soho helps. Soho works out real well, too. That's that's quite a reminder. God should have parked better and walked more reasonably in the subways (laughs) and not stopped at the top of the fucking stairs. (laughs) Well, he killed him. All right, well, at least Kevin Sorbo's character seems miserable, and I want to leave him there for a while. So we're going to pause for a quick break, but first let me give Act 3 the hard sell here. Will one of these characters die of cancer before this movie is over? Will Kevin Sorbo and his ex-wife team up with NASA to spread the gospel? Will Sean Hannity come through to save the day before this is over? Fucking yes on all three of those. So stick around for the aggressively disjointed conclusion of Let There Be Light. Hi, I hope I'm not disturbing. Oh, hello, doctor. No, no, of course not. So I've got some bad news. Dr. Holloway, what kind of doctor are you? I'm an oncologist. I study onks. Um, no. No, you're a a cancer doctor. Right, that. Doctor, uh, did I I give our son cancer? Maybe. Nope. Nope. What? Probably not. What, what What are my chances of survival? 5%, maybe less, 2%, 99% is the cancer in your butt. What? 15% final offer. What? Okay. Uh, I don't think you work in the hospital, do you? People just think you're a doctor if you have the coat. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back for more of this shit. Now, up until this point, it might seem like we've been overselling this movie. It's been stupid. It's been silly, but it hasn't been insane. (laughs) Well, don't you worry a lick because the insanity is backloaded from here on out. It's just one. You've got to be fucking kidding me after another, starting with maybe the greatest character in the history of Christian cinema, the pastor that he goes to see here. 
Um, you're talking about the incredibly offensive Italian stereotype? <laughs> Pastor Ooh. Vinny. Yes. You mean my, yeah. my accidental call forward from however many episodes ago when I invented Tony D and Carl the Pug of Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> right, that's what I have. Pastor Carl the Pug of Pegacorn. Holy shit. <laughs> And like we cannot overstate how ridiculous the stereotype is. The guy says "bada bing" at one point, oh and my he's God. a mobster. He's an actual mobster. Yeah. He, he was in jail, and then he like got Christianity. Yeah, I was in jail. They only let me read the Bible, and I was like, "Okay, here's the thing: the empty tomb. Jesus gets whacked. How come the tomb was empty? Huh? Yeah. Huh? Right. Well, first of all, I just want to point out how weird it is because because he's going here because because the, the neurologist didn't convince him with the hallucination dream shit. So he goes to this pastor. The pastor's like, yeah, I was a gangster. Then I went to jail for 10 years and I came out and became a pastor. I'm like, huh, weird how neurologists never have origin stories like that. <laughs> right. It's almost like your you. profession could be entered by anyone who ends the sentence. I'm a with the name of your profession. I murdered somebody and then I they sat me in a room with Grey's Anatomy and when I came out I had a profession <laughs> isn't that crazy because you could just do this and then you could instantly do it all the other jobs you have to learn something real and take a test and the state mandates <laughs> actually just be stuck in a room with a book and come out the other side with a profession it's unlike literally any other job and in the all world the real <laughs> shit that there is Model. I mean, this is coming from three <laughs> podcasters, okay? Keep that in mind as you just kind of gauge how far <laughs> down the qualification list his profession is. I love to, because this is where he goes. Now, I'm not like one of them people that just believes every silly thing in front of him. I needed evidence to believe. This is where Heath first cracked. <laughs> He's so stupid. He's like, I'm a street guy. I ain't easily convinced of stuff. Speaking of how incredibly skeptical I am, what about <laughs> the body of Jesus? <laughs> what about that corpse? Yeah, whatever happened to the corpse? I know Italians. We don't rat about anything. <laughs> Those disciples never ratted about where the body was. So, okay, what does that mean? Because... Well, yeah. According to Christianity, there was no more body because of fucking magic. So that's nothing. What would they have ratted about? I don't right. even understand. Well, it's a cartoon character delivering bad apologetics. It's obvious that even they are tired of this. They're like, why would everyone die for a lie? No one would die for a lie. That except for all the people we know who died for a lie, but no one would ever die for a lie. And they're like, that's really boring. We've said that again. And what if instead we say, hey, so Jesus gets whacked, but when the tomb opens, bada bing, they don't squeal because they're real mama looks. That is a new way to say a ridiculous thing. Yeah, right, right. So, but his, he gives Kevin Sorbo the fucking argument from the empty tomb, which if you're not familiar, with it basically goes like this where was jesus's body um the uh, the counter apologetic to that is like if i believe all the stuff in your book then yes your book is right <laughs> or still just somewhere else oh, yeah <laughs> or, or everything's right and it's just somewhere else. or someone ate him yeah we don't know <laughs> but anyway so and and kevin sorbo has never heard logic like that before the world's top atheist is completely unfamiliar with the argument from the empty tomb he is just, how did he get to be the world's top? Who did he defeat on his way up <laughs> that didn't throw the empty tomb out there? It's a real, 
I also love this line where he's like, um, it, 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 the, the pastor, Pastor Vinny, he goes, hey, you know why you felt so good when the doctors pumped you full of life-saving drugs and painkillers? It was Jesus. He's like, yeah. it must have been Jesus. <laughs> it yeah. must have Let me tell you what it means, all right? When your soul left your body, you saw your son. How do you look? And I wanted Kevin Sorbo to be like, great, really great. Cut, you know, like those <laughs> ab lines. And then we get a flashback to his son lifting up his shirt and he's just got that sweet 16 pack. All right, let's you know move on. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> let's move on from the nine-year-old child's abs. So, but yeah, because now the pastor I needs agree. to address the... <laughs> so, because, but now it's time for abs the pastor to address Ugh. the... Uh, <laughs> so let there be light message. Yes, Jesus is the light. Oh, think See, about it. Think about it. What's Christmas? It's what, the uh, darkest day of the year. And nope. when was Jesus? <laughs> nope. It nope, is not. It's not. Um, that's uh, it's it's in this hemisphere is what he's trying to say, but it's but not even, even that. It's and, just less dead time. Well, that's and that's it. First of all, wrong fucking day, right? It's it's four days earlier. Yeah. And secondly, it's it's only the one hemisphere, but it's also it's not like it's darker. It's just night long. It's not like there's a new level of darkness that we achieve the longer the night goes. However, oh. the entire Southern Hemisphere does believe in Satanism. Oh, so shit. So it would, does no, make sense. Right. So we get Christmas is the darkest day of the year. No, for so many reasons. And hey, when was Jesus born? April. April. <laughs> Definitely not December anyway. Maybe you heard Even a little thing Christ called the argument from the visible light spectrum. <laughs> I don't know if you heard. It's a little... But I want to, but this guy's supposed to be the top atheist, right? So when he says, what's Christmas? He should have gone like, it's emancipated Saturnalia with all the fucking taken out. <laughs> Do what now? I'm a street guy. I don't know all those fancy words. Oh God! And then he explains that like God is light and bad guys are darkness. Oh, uh, and and Jesus. Uh, let's list some of his evidence points. ISIS wears black. Yep. Uh, their flags are black. Yep. And they are bad guys. This goddamn <laughs> movie got its theology from kung fu theater. Conversely, white people <laughs> are maga. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, no, it's it's really hard for them at this point not to just come out and say, think about it. Black people are bad. White people are light and delightsome. Um, but yeah, so and the pastor is, says, but get think about it like this. Your son said, let there be light. Obviously, he wants you to spread the gospel. After all, you're the biggest atheist of all. And I'm again, in terms of what? Head circumference? <laughs> what are we measuring? Si physical size. <laughs> so, and, and what's the, like, God's so nice he let you see the kid he murdered for a second? That's the apologetic yeah, you're going with? Yeah, uh -huh, yeah, exactly. God and fucking Aaron from Titus Andronicus. Um, so, <laughs> apparently, but the message of this scene is like five minutes with Carl the Pug of Corn and you'd be Christian too. Right. Because the very next scene is Kevin Sorbo getting baptized. It's, it's him getting baptized and the Pastor Vinny wearing the silliest Bahama Mama swimsuit yes. humanly possible. The one that has a beer bottle and opener in the leg. Like it is the silliest. You know what I needed to make this movie sillier? Kevin Sorbo's dad, Bob, and the Italian caricature from the last scene dressed in a Hawaiian shirt and matching Bermuda shorts. 
Oh, okay. My- well, the Bermuda shorts with the beer opener is a stupid example. Like, that's a cool <laughs> thing that people have. Well, I would say it somewhat undercuts the solemnity of the ceremony, <laughs> at least. <laughs> Either way, my Pastor Vinny would be a great movie. <gasps> Instead of a lawyer, he's a pastor and he's just completely useless at solving any real problems. And, oh, and yeah, and Mar- so he's the greatest Marissa pastor Tom- of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Marissa Tomei plays the son. anyway so he gets baptized and basically the second the water touches his head he's a good father then yeah he's a good dad (laughs) but his son's not buying it because he's super uh suspicious that he might try to fuck his mom so he's like i mean i don't know how do i know you're not lying isn't this kind of like when you lied about loving mommy forever he's like okay we need to get you to a therapist (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, they go back home so the son can have this whole, you know, mom always prays for you, you asshole conversation with him uh, so that, you know, Kevin Sorbo can apologize for being such an atheist for the last few years. And now it's time for cookies and lemonade. (laughs) (laughs) The only reason I bring up this scene is because there is a line so evil at this point in the movie that I could have toasted marshmallows on Noah's rage. He, they're all sitting around and the younger son goes you know when you think about it Davy saved your soul oh my god yeah right Davy the dead kid yeah okay just last thing before I lock it in with Christianity was there any way to save me without murdering a nine year old <laughs> there was not all right, right, well, a person in. couldn't think of anything yeah all right you couldn't so, think of anything so now he's a good dad again um, so we go back for another interview with that lady that was all pissed off at him before for missing the Keith Richards interview so that she can interview him again, this time as a Christian. Okay, can we talk about the opening line of this interview? Please do. <laughs> he he ha- He's written on a paper for her, in case she forgets it, L-B-T-L, and she goes... <laughs> Lesbian, bisexual, and before she can say trans, she goes, no, 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 no. every time with that. Why? It's not, no, it's not gay. It's let there be light. Okay. So lettuce, bacon, lettuce, tomato, bacon, lettuce. Better than the lesbian thing, but no. And of course, the agent is standing here the whole time and he's like, Ixnay on the Ischian Cray, you know, but but Kevin Sorbo spills the beans. He's like, uh, you know, I found I saw my son when I died and now I'm all Jesus up. His agent is super fucking pissed. <laughs> the reporter leaves. She's like, I got this is a great story. The world's top atheist finds God. And again, I, I don't. I want to know. I just want to know where the rankings are listed. I know. I know. I'm not in playoff contention, but I want to know how close I am. What? And I want to take out some competition. I just yes. want to say, like, there's people <laughs> who I have access to. What <laughs> contest do they think we're having? Just like, all right, everybody, line. Uh, how many gods are there? Point five. No. Ah, <laughs> fuck. I just got zero. Zero. Fuck. I was doing great. And now I'm out. On a scale from Heath to Noah, how much of an atheist are you? Are you like so right in the middle is an Eli, and then you got a Noah on the far and you got a Heath on the far left. Just show us on the chart where you don't, how many gods you don't. 
<laughs> so, and of course, so the, the reporter leaves and this is where the agent has to have that incredible conversation with him where he explains that there's just no way he could sell a book about an atheist finding Jesus after an NDE. Who would buy tickets to a movie? I mean, a book about that. He just unrolls a poster for Let They Be Light and slowly tears it in half while staring at the camera. <laughs> he's doing Drops the winking it. thing again. He's doing it. I don't know. He's just, don't worry. He's a weird guy. He's weird. Just ignore it. It's fine. Yes. Jesus makes one unsellable, the agent says, and then storms out. Uh, but he leaves and Kate arrives, his ex-wife, so that the greatest scene that ever happened could happen. But again, it's not going to keep that record for very long. Take us there. Take us there. Because okay. I can't do it. I'm not ready. <laughs> I thought I'm I was so ready, happy. but it's, I'm paralyzed. I'm not ready. I can't do thing it. That's ever happened. All I right. Can't. So before we even get to it, I want to point out because because she comes in and he's like, You want a drink? I've got <laughs> sweet tea and green tea. So Jesus has cured his drug addiction, alcoholism, depression, and family problems in one day. But more importantly, Kate has figured out what let there be light means. She says, maybe God meant that you should spread the gospel. But what if God just wanted us to shine our phone flashlights into the sky? We need, we need I can't say, we need to make an app that will we, time all of our phone flashlights. At 3 a.m. on Christmas. Is that the app? It's just a timer? I, <laughs> it's just a clock? That's the, that's just a that clock. also contains the words of Christ and also has footage from NASA. Let us get to it. Yes, Let us know it's yeah. an app. She, she, says, she says we could all go outside at 3 a.m. on Christmas at the darkest time of the year. No, again, no, that's not how that works. Um, no. But, uh, and we could shine our flashlights up into the sky. <laughs> Wait, it gets better. She says we could call NASA. Call NASA. <laughs> call NASA. They could take pictures of it like a giant <laughs> global selfie for God. And send us the photos of the light from our cell phones, which will be visible from space, <laughs> is what this movie will be about. I have never responded to a line more enthusiastically in theaters in my life. I was kicking my feet in the air. Hello, YouTube? Could you send over a satellite? <laughs> We're doing a thing with our little phone lights. We so, and she follows this by saying, we should prophetize like ISIS prophetizes death. And she, she practically says, you know, we'll be Christian ISIS. Why did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> Trump's watching the movie. Fuck, defeating ISIS with flashlights. That's so much even, better I than did. my thing. <laughs> uh, Tyler, get in here. They won't even send a stand on the, the X. So, <laughs> yes, but no, let's, let's be very clear about what's going on here. They're going to shine flashlights up into the air with a phone app in order to defeat ISIS. That's the plot of this movie now. I I, I still wasn't ready. Still not ready. <laughs> we will never be ready, Eli. We just have to push forward. This movie is going to get sillier, by the way. Like, again, it's just, it ramps up from here. So, okay. then And then, of course, Kevin Sorbo asks her out on a date, right? Because he loves her again because Jesus. 
Right. And she's like, Chick-fil-A? And he's like, all right, that plug's done. No, seriously. You want to go on a date? <laughs> and it's amazing. He goes, I want to take you to a nice restaurant. And I was like, oh, I would love to hear what Kevin Sorbo thinks a nice restaurant in New York is. <laughs> Name a nice restaurant, Kevin Sorbo, in the city of New York. Planet uh, Hollywood. Empty <laughs> Terrace. Shit. <laughs> Is there a restaurant called yeah, Empty Terrace outside? They, <laughs> not only could they not think of one, they couldn't even find one. Um, we'll, we'll find that out in a second, though. We'll get to the date in just a second. But before we get to that, we have to head back to the apartment where he's meeting with his publicist. Um, now, the the agent has is, is dumped him. The publicist is still on his side because it turns out she only was an atheist because Jesus wasn't hip enough. But now she's a Christian again, too. Yeah, and we, we also learned that the guy he defeated in the debate, he's not convinced that he's a Christian because you know how Christians hate it and are super skeptical when atheists turn Christian. They hate Oh, yeah, no, they're, they're definitely... Questions. <laughs> I wrote my notes here. I'm like, this is a religion willing to make the gangster from prison a pastor. <laughs> but, yep. but yeah, so, but but the um, the publicist, by the way, and at this point, like, he's, he's not selling his book anymore, right? He's no longer an atheist. So I'm like, what is she his publicist for? The app. The answer yeah. to that question is she's publicizing his app. I Fuck. do not promise you much, but I swear <laughs> on everything that has ever mattered to me, they planned an app while making this movie. And at some point, an app developer was like, you guys don't think this is going to be visible from space. Do you? <laughs> There's no way there wasn't an ad planned for this movie. No. Oh, fucking the whole fucking thing way. is an ad for the app. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so now he shows up to take his ex-wife out on a date. But first, we have to get more weird Oedipal complex from the kid. It's genuinely yeah. scary. <laughs> it's it's not. It's now. It's we need to talk about Kevin. Levels of scary because he's, <laughs> he's just, he, like it's sort of supposed to be that funny like I want her back by midnight thing, and it's like ha ha. All right, mediocre humor. But then there's another ten minutes where he's like, no, seriously, Dad, if you touch her, <laughs> if you touch her, and it's like, oh, okay, we need to wrap you in soft, soft blankets, <laughs> take you somewhere safe. <laughs> he pulls out a banana, starts rolling a condom on you. <laughs> All right, so I don't know, want to be an when I, when I come back, you, I will be, be asking to smell smell your fingers. Responsible. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then mom comes out looking. Um, they're going for hot. I feel like they're going for hot. She's wearing uh, a middle school prom dress. She has. It's so many layers of clothing. She's wearing like 19 shirts like a homeless guy <laughs> under a dress. It's insane. And a weirdly square bra. She looks like she could take a bullet maybe. Not, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I am not a good looking person, but I don't wear strapless dark blue dresses <laughs> with a touching shawl. <laughs> So, yeah, so he's wowed by how beautiful she is because, you know, he's married to her and she wrote that in the script. Keep in mind, again, she wrote this into the script and then everyone was wowed by how pretty I was. This is Vin Diesel levels of yeah. men who sure are beautiful and strong and everyone loves you and you are the smartest and you can survive a car. If she had crashed an ambulance into a helicopter at this point in the movie, I'd have been like, sure, Sam Sorbo, sure. Yeah. 
So call forward, by the way. So yeah, they so they get to the um I, I'm gonna say restaurant. Nope. The stage. Mm. But, yeah, okay. <laughs> Could they not find a restaurant in New York? Uh, no, restaurants in New York do not need Kevin Sorbo's money. <laughs> I guarantee you they called like Gramercy Tavern and they were like, so hear me out. And they were like, I'm sorry. No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> we would like to keep all the famous atheist money. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> I, and this is so painful, too, because this is where the movie tries to do like playful banter between the two of them. And I'm just like, OK, I'm going to hang myself in nine words. In this fucking theater, I'm just going to use my own shoelaces. You have nine more words. Um, luckily, they only had eight. Well, again, it's amazing because if you can't, and we've talked about this before, but if you can't feel anything or talk about fucking, you do have to just make up nonsense as your love words. You have to be like, I think the greatest words were Bob Dylan and <laughs> I'm going to use the word hallelujah so I can say literally any singer's name. Here. <laughs> um... I'll be with you when the deal goes down. I couldn't begin to tell you what that means when it comes to romance. And hallelujah. Yeah. Oh, God. It's so fucking bad. And then he proposes to her. This is the first time I wrote, did I black out and miss a giant part of this movie? <laughs> well, it's been a whole appetizer after all. I mean, those were some good shrimp. Yeah. So, but yes, because Jesus, now he loves his wife again. He wants to marry her again. She's like, yeah, sure. Why the fuck not? So they dance. This is weird. Yep. And so we cut immediately from that to them getting home. Um, and they go to make out, but the son is standing there. Again, which is terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. It's not, again, it's supposed to be like a light joke, but they make it last too long. He's standing out there with a shotgun, just cleaning it, just gently putting his finger in the gun and then taking it out again and then running it, running its black ash across his teeth. It's fucking terrifying. It's a creepy 13 year old cock block. Absolutely. Yes. Kevin Sorbus is like, hey, God, if you kill this one, too, I will be extra. <laughs> Just take both. But instead, Don't he wants him one. to go wake his brother because they're going to make him watch him fuck. <laughs> so, you need this, son. You actually need this. Um, No, but actually, they gather the kids together to tell them that they're going to get married again. Uh, younger son is super happy. Older son takes several seconds to forgive his father for abandoning them for years. It's like they had to do a reshoot of this scene because he's like, no, fuck you, man. Fuck you forever. And then flash, flash. And he's like, psych. All right, that's over. Yeah. <laughs> and then mom has a seizure. Oh, my God. <laughs> she clearly did a seizure acting workshop sometime <laughs> recently. She's doing like planned out moves, like head shake, too. Three, four, <laughs> body twist, two, three. I learned this recently. This is useful. <laughs> it is the most, and, the, and like, honestly, okay, at this point, like I said, early on in the film, we were trying not to laugh. By this point, we had all given up, and we were all dying of laughter when she started going into this fucking seizure. The couple in front of us was very angry at this point. <laughs> but But we had no idea. We could not have known that we needed to save that laughter. Oh. She was, she's just like, woo, 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 woo. No, so ridiculous. And, and let's be very clear. In less than, I would say, three hours, they have gone on their first date, agreed to be wet again, 
told their children that he is moving back in and she has collapsed from what will be her giant deadly brain tumor. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! All in the course of three minutes of this film. So they rush mom to the hospital in an ambulance, which seems weird since they have cars and you wouldn't have to wait for the car to get there. But, um, but they take her to the hospital. Like I said, the doctors just keep getting sillier. This is okay. the last doctor. This is Travis Tritt. Travis Tritt, country music legend Travis Tritt is playing the goddamn doctor. He's, he's on the blue collar doctor tour at this hospital, apparently. And, and he, he is sounding out his lines. First of all, he oh, yes. cannot act. He is no. sounding out his lines and he's trying to do a suspenseful thing when he says he's a cancer doctor, but he's like, so we checked it out and I need to tell you that you <laughs> slow talking is suspense. Suspense is slow talking. I'm an on oncologist. Yeah, and that's how they break the news. That's how the hospital breaks the cancer news. They're like, hey, so what type of doctor are you? He's like, oh, you know, oncologist. <laughs> okay, what stage of oncologist? Oh, Nine. <laughs> She's dead. <laughs> yeah. So this is where he explains to her that she's got some cancer of that brain of hers. Stage four. She is dying as fuck. This is it has moved into other tissues. She is like, like odd that she wouldn't have noticed until now <laughs> that she had a stage four fucking brain tumor. Half of your brain is cancer at this point. Uh, most of your thoughts are not your own. I would say every 50% of your actions have just been a tumor. Have you tried to create an app? Do you think that a flashlight can be seen from space? Those would be good signs. Do you always smell burnt toast and crave iced tea? Have you agreed to marry a man that you went on a first date with the other day? These are the activities that would would be a hint that one have, has. Have you been the, the nemesis to the Ninja Turtles at all recently? Have you done anything like that? Oh, Jesus fucking and, and, Christ. And this is when she says the greatest. I, again, I, I'll never think about anything else ever again. She goes, Doc, did I give our son cancer? <laughs> what? <laughs> he, they think the movie seems because the doctor's like, probably not. Probably. I don't know, lady. Did you? Did you fuck your son? <laughs> like like you? you're clearly fucking this weirdly protective 13-year-old right here. I mean, I did sneeze on him. Uh, yeah, yeah. So she, the doctor says, no, I'm pretty sure your cancer isn't contagious. <laughs> um, I never should have given him that radium bath every day. <laughs> <laughs> but he tells her, he's like, now your brain has basically just turn mostly into tumor. So there's no kind of surgery, uh, but there is an experimental thing. It's not going to work, but you can do it. It's not. We do this thing. We, we have a lightning dragon. It's a lightning <laughs> dragon, but it pretty much never works. But it does. We tr we've tried it. Do you want to try the lightning dragon? And this is the craziest moment. She asks him, what her chances are. <laughs> this is where I lost it. He says 5%, maybe, maybe less. 
five. I said five. I was rounding up. It's a lightning dragon. It's a fucking lightning dragon. So we don't have reliable stats. They just fucking fire that shit. They eat. There's no way to track the stats on a lightning dragon. It's fucking hard. It's two. You're you're all. It's you're probably gonna die today. <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck's going on. I'm the doctor. I, I'm. You know what? I'm calling it time of death now. <laughs> but five zero. Yeah. So he tells her she's got a matter of hours to live. They're like, that's okay. We're in Act Three anyway. So she says, "It's all right, Doc. I know exactly what I have to focus on in my life. There are three things I need to pay attention to: my faith, my children." And using flashlight apps to defeat ISIS. And you know what? Like, she turns to her husband and says, I need to prepare for eternity, spend time with my sons, and the launch of our app on iTunes. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. All right. And we go straight from there to the wedding. Right, we go straight from, will you marry me? It's our first date to you're dying of cancer to now it's the fucking wedding. By the way, Dionne Warwick is here, ladies and gentlemen. Dionne Warwick. <laughs> and she's she's there to sing the runaway single they sure hope yes, from the ice. Yes. It's a song called Let There Be Light. And they just let her sing it into the camera. And they're like, that was weird. I hope we... Man, I hope the iTunes sales make up for that six <laughs> awkward standing minutes. Yes. Yeah, she's the opening act of their wedding, you know, like weddings have. <laughs> and she's just like, all right, hit it, invisible band. <laughs> and then she's like along with her out of nowhere. <laughs> so, also, by the way, there are a, a, a whopping 16 people at this wedding which is taking place exactly in that same foyer where they had their date right it's just this <laughs> yes. is daytime uh, yep. now it's the exact same spot where they could afford I guess uh, Carl the Pug of Corn is officiating mm -hmm. uh, they also do this that really creepy slavery-esque um, uh, to have and to hold forsaking all others in the wedding vows? I don't know. That's yeah. new. I, I, I'm, I'm sad now that I didn't do forsaken, that I didn't make my wife declare her love for me and only me. <laughs> so, and and then, if your eye wanders, you will pluck it from your skull. <laughs> <laughs> and then, okay, so right as Carl the Pug of Corn gets to man and wife, the publicist lady gets a phone call. She had her phone on in the wedding. And it's such an important call. She has to take it. Holy <laughs> shit, y'all. They're going to be on Sean Hannity. What's that? <laughs> the ending? Sean Hannity? <laughs> Said the first black person in history yeah, right. ever with the sentence, you're going to be on Hannity. <laughs> I'd love to. They literally say Hannity's reach here. Right. She literally says, you're going to be on Sean Hannity. That's 140 million people, both television and radio. That's the actual goddamn line in the movie that Sean Hannity produced. With a market share of 4.7% of advertising <laughs> slots available at affordable local and national rates. Oh, <laughs> so we cut immediately from that to them talking to Sean Hannity. 
Um, now, I read a review of this movie earlier today, and I don't normally quote, quote from reviews, but this is so goddamn good. Um, the reviewer says Sean Hannity plays himself and manages to fail. <laughs> <laughs> He is so miserable and awkward in this scene. This also has the greatest exchange in the history of dialogue. I got to do the bit about like shining the flashlights in the sky. I don't feel, I feel like it would be unfair for me to also take this one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so they're sitting around and he's like, you know, you're going to get a lot of hard questions for spreading the word of Christ with your app. And they're like, we're prepared for that. And he's like, I mean, what right do you have to impose your views on others? To which Kevin Sorbo responds, what right does ISIS have to behead children? What? To which Sean Hannity says, good point. <laughs> what, what point? What? How is that? Are they claiming equivalent moral authority to ISIS? This Look, is, shit's this is gonna a new happen. one. This is a new one. It's the argument from we're not ISIS. That's <laughs> <laughs> Christian Cow. What? I was apologetic of weird. Not ISIS is worse. Yeah. So, well, ISIS is well worse. wait. Are they saying that all things less immoral than beheading children are okay now? Is that the good point that he just made? I hope so, because I have some confessions to make. All right. It's, <laughs> so, it's 1987. The Cristiano brothers have done nothing, but I know so, what state uh, they're in. So I get in my moving car and on. I drive. So Sean Hannity has agreed now because the idea he's so excited about the idea of people shining lights into the air um, that he is now going to do a three hour special about their app where he will show pictures from space of light the, on Earth. Specifically, the band of light from flashlight apps on cell phones as it slowly travels around the globe. Yes. So we're going to get someone to film the band of light as it travels the speed of, well, medium slow light <laughs> around the globe. Three hours. And he's going to do a show about it. So, yeah. So now that Hannity has saved the day, it's time for the dying of cancer montage. Dying of cancer. <laughs> Playing chess and reading books. I'm wearing a bathrobe and a headscarf. And I look a whole lot older because they took my makeup off. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> took my makeup <laughs> And I bought a cancer death acting workshop. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Jesus. What a ridiculous fucking term. But yeah, so she, she's laughing as she gets chemo and barfing and losing her hair and trying on bandanas. They damn near have the pretty woman cancer bandana montage she, well, here. She bought like 50 different bandanas. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. her tumor might as well be sticking out of her neck wearing a pirate <laughs> bandana. It's so fucking <laughs> stupid. And so at this point I was like, do you think they have a section in Amazon for cancer bandanas? Yep, they do. I, I looked it up. <laughs> First result. Two-pack women's bandana scarf pre-tied chemo hat beanie turban headwear for cancer. Five sixty to eight ninety nine. Oh, that's reasonable. Yeah. Nice. Only that's some only some of the colors are prime eligible, but <laughs> that's how they get you. That's how they get you. It's weird to up the price on those, right? <laughs> on the guy who some. runs that must feel bad every time he's like, Ugh, market chances six eighty nine. Anyways. <laughs> so okay. But this cool piratey skull and crossbones print one, we can charge more. Yeah, oh they're, yeah. They're gonna yeah. want that if they've one. They've got the if they've got the top dollar cancer, absolutely. Right. So we get done with this little montage. And we get the kids, the two sons playing chess. And by the way, they are jumping pawns and then drawing a card from community chess. These oh, kids are not remotely 
fucking playing. Like somehow they managed to get bad sportsing when they were playing chess. <laughs> so mom comes in, the older son turns to her and he goes, Hey mom, are you going to live through this? Or are we just pissing away these prayers? Cause I could be praying for Mario Odyssey right now. <laughs> and she, she sits him down to explain to them that sometimes God answers prayers by killing your mom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so if you think about it, me being dead is an awesome thing. Yeah, right, right. God always answers prayers, but sometimes it turns out you were praying for the wrong thing. And yeah, it, her message to him, though, it, this is exactly how she says it. She's like, survival is irrelevant. Death doesn't exist. Being dead is just like being in the other room. When I go to the other room, I'm not dead, am I? Be yep. honest. Be honest. <laughs> you have to tell me if I'm dead. <laughs> so, I want her to walk into the other room. Am I dead? Am I dead? No. You didn't even check. You haven't checked my pulse. How do you know? So, by the way, and I want to point out that as much as this movie tries to say, look, we're the exact opposite of ISIS, the whole survival is irrelevant and death doesn't exist thing, textbook ISIS message. <laughs> Just, you know, kind of important. I also love to, she she gets done with her whole metaphor about how like death is like being in the other room. Um, She's like, anyway, I'll be in the other room. And they're like, wait, what do you mean? Yeah, you- she's, she's like, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, that's on me. I, I meant literally. literally I, would be <laughs> and, I mean, I might be dead. I could be dead. <laughs> Halloween spooktacular. See, we didn't take a break. We did not take a break from the Halloween spooktacular. <laughs> 13-year-old son just dives at her like Kevin Costner bodyguard. <laughs> no, not the other room, Mom. All right, so now it's time for the Sean Hannity special because, holy shit, we're moving fast now. Uh, this is this is where we learn, okay, their app has changed the goddamn world. Absolutely. This app is even in North Korea. People in North Koreans are taking their North Korean cell phones... Using the app they downloaded from the American internet to signal their Christianity to heaven. Yes. Yes, that's what's happening. (laughs) Also, now, there's this insane moment here, and I really do want someone to explain this to me. We then cut over to a presenter who's like, Hi, I was born in Pakistan where I was a child bride. My husband beat me, and when I tried to run away, my father said he was going to kill me. But then I got to the United States, and Jesus saved me. Goodbye forever. <laughs> yes, what, what is, is your question, Eli? <laughs> well, what she was the genius. Scene? She was the genius who wrote the uh, clock app. Yes. She had the idea of something that could tell when it was three o'clock. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. She's the programmer of the app that they had. The one line of Python code that was like, go at three. (laughs) Three a.m. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, yeah. And Sean's going like, wow, well, it's pretty amazing. What a great job you did with this app. They're even doing this in ISIS controlled territory, shining their flashlights into the sky. Those secret ISIS Christians. And then we back away because it's 3 a.m. Now it's time for everyone to go out and turn their lights on. We back away. We get the God's eye view shot. Now, apparently, instead of using cell phones, most people have opted to use grain silo sized lights. (laughs) Oh, this is the shot from space. 
Yes. Yes. Each of them has a phone flashlight the size of the Great Wall, apparently. <laughs> yes. Everybody, bro- everybody broke up into like evenly spaced groups of giant yes. phones and formed <laughs> fucking phone Voltrons and shined them into space. The entire well, planet is glowing. Yeah. Well, right. Well, first of all, before they tr- turn on the flashlights, all the lights are off on Earth. Right. They turned Earth turned off all its lights for the purposes of this. Secondly, when they turn the lights on, <laughs> like a surprise party. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Everybody turn up. World. World. God, God is here. God coming. Is here. Satellite's coming. It's it is the darkest a surprise party, party for Jesus. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. So they've turned all the fucking lights off. Then at 3 a.m. exactly, all the lights start coming on. The lights are exactly evenly spaced. <laughs> Right, like when they show a shot of Asia and there are an equal number of lights in every spot of the Gobi Desert as there are in Hong Kong. (laughs) And those, again, those are the only lights in the world. Those are fucking cell phone flashlights, each one visible from space. There are 900 of them all over, like in total, but they're just very evenly spaced throughout the world. Yeah, there's there's like 900 Christians with phones in the world. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But they have really big signal. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then, right then, in that moment, as the lights turn on in the East Coast, Sam Sorbo dies. <laughs> Sam Sorbo dies. <laughs> she looks up at her husband and she's like, did we save the world? He's like, we did save the world. She goes, <laughs> And honestly, if I had crazy billionaire money, if I could make one wish, it would be for him as she dies and sort of leans onto his shoulder for Kevin Sorbo to just lean forward and be like, Today is a good day. And then <laughs> I'd be like, oh, you know what? See, it's in every moment. <laughs> now, doesn't it feel like they overlook something here? Shouldn't she be using like, let there be radiation to cure? Oh, her, she- everybody shines <laughs> their flashlight at, at her cancer. Oh, yeah. There you go. There at you the go. Same time. That would have been amazing. <laughs> uh, but I do have to point out that while she dies, her children and everyone at this party are in the like two rooms over singing Silent Night or some Christmas song that they could get the rights to, mm-hmm. which yeah. means that everyone's about to walk back in the room and Kevin's going to be like, oh, I got some bad news, everybody. My wife... Um, <laughs> My wife died on your TV set, so I don't know how you want to wrap this special up. I would not recommend checking back in with this location as we have a dead body on the couch. (laughs) Right, but that's where the movie is. Well, we get a a Bible quote and a quick message to please text a friend of ours, let there be light, uh, so that we can help with their viral marketing campaign. Because their app absolutely failed, and they were like, fine, yeah. we'll just put it at the end. Just text me. We'll do the God's Not Dead thing. Let there be light. Just text yeah. that to everybody. Right. And uh, by the way, I did this. I, I texted my wife, uh, and it reads as following. Hashtag, let there be light. And then her response is, you need to stop texting me at the end of Christian movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. I, now, here's... He, I, this is not a message that I send with every single one of these movies, but this movie, it, first of all, it opened in like 13 theaters worldwide. Um, apparently, if you live down south, it's fairly easy to find. We we could not find a theater in New York City. Of the 9,000 movie theaters in New York City, none of them chose to play this on its opening weekend, which is a shame because I want this to be the greatest fucking box office smash of all 
time. I want everyone who listens to this show to seek this movie out. Call your local theater and ask them why they are not playing Let There Be Light. Make it seem like your church group is going to protest at their theater if they don't play this fucking movie. I want this movie everywhere. I want everyone to go see this because I want Sean Hannity to think he nailed it. Yes. Right. I want Sean Hannity to go out and make more of these. I want to turn him into the modern day Ed Wood and we could just never tell him he's not going to listen to this show. He's not going to know why we're doing this. We will, we should all go out on opening night. Every time Sean Hannity comes out with a fucking movie, we should go on Rotten Tomatoes and like zip up his fucking ranking to 90 something percent, which believe it or not, it actually is already at 90 something percent as we record this. Uh, but we should try to make sure that Sean Hannity and Kevin Sorbo think that this is the formula and they have mastered it. I don't Please ask you for much. Money. Rent out a whole theater if you have to. Just <laughs> do your part. Do your part. This is so important to us. This is the most beautiful thing. 5%, maybe less. <laughs> I don't fucking know. We could literally just do this movie again next week, and I'm pretty sure we could nail a, a, like all new shit from, from, from that Best episode. Best idea ever. Podcast. <laughs> I feel like I feel like uh, my bar mitzvah is over and it's all it's all. But I need to talk some more. I want tomorrow to be my birthday, too. Can we do this again? <laughs> I want to talk about this movie again. Let's, Let's get another eight ball of this too. movie. Another eight ball of this movie. Let's get it. Open a restaurant. <laughs> all right well unfortunately that is going to do it for our review of let there be light but that's not going to do it for the episode quite yet because we still need to somehow follow this one up so eli tell us what's on deck the monster project we're continuing uh we took a little break from our halloween spectacular and we are continuing <laughs> our halloween spectacular with a christian uh horror movie. <laughs> it's, it's christian yeah, no, that was the that was originally the plan for this week before we realized that Sean Hannity and Kevin Sorbo had teamed up to give us the greatest thing ever invented since orgasms. So yeah, that one is already in the in, in the uh, in the can. It's a really great episode. Unfortunately, Heath was not able to to make it, but we had a spectacular guest uh, for the show. It was really fucking funny, but it was not remotely a Christian movie. So you know. But it was still funny. So with that to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 115 to a merciful close. Once again, huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist, The Skeptic Rat, and Citation Needed, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. All of the music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with a Breakfast Club close. Donald Trump fired the Joint Chiefs when they refused to try out his flashlight idea in Syria. <laughs> NASA told Sam Sorbo they were already planning to take pictures of Earth that day. <laughs> The cancer virus that began in Kevin Sorbo's son spread across 98% of the world's population. Those who survived follow the voice of the woman or the voice of the walking dude. The choice is theirs to make. <laughs> One Stan awesome. fan right now is losing their shit. <laughs> Was it just me or did that pick up in intensity as we went? Like there was suspense building in that 10 count.
That's because every second I'm not talking about this movie is the worst second of my life. Oh my god, I have been like I have been chewing Lucinda's ear off about this goddamn movie uh, since we yep. watched it. So Eli's got an anticipation. Well, <laughs> all right, here we go. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.